as we've, uh, as we've approached this series called The Best Question Ever, um, we revealed a, a couple weeks ago on a Monday night that the best question ever is this. What is the wise thing to do? Everybody say that with me. One, two, three. What is the wise thing to do? Right. So we're not talking about what's right or wrong, which is a gray area. We're not talking about what's legal and illegal. We're not even talking about what your friends do or what other people do. We're asking, what is the wise thing to do? This is a series all about wisdom about what God says is best. Because we have a God who loves us. And if you've never been to church, or maybe you've kind of, you went some when you were younger and you're not really into the whole Jesus thing, um, here's, here's what you need to know. God loves you. God is for you. God has a plan for you that is better than your plan for yourself. And, and part of the way that he wants us to get to that life, to that desired future, we all have a future that we want, hopes and dreams. He has given us wisdom. He's given us wisdom. This is how we defined wisdom a couple weeks ago. It's knowing what to do in a situation that you have never experienced before. It's knowing what to do in a situation you've never experienced before. Essentially, we we use the example of when you touch an oven, you find out it's hot by burning yourself. But there's a way where you don't have to burn yourself. There's a way where you don't have to go to the hospital. There's a way that doesn't require pain on your part. And that is wisdom. Wisdom can allow you to live a life with no regret, to live a life with less consequence that you've create, created for yourself, to live a life where you hurt yourself less and you hurt other people less. And I think no matter what we believe, no matter what we've experienced, that we all are for that. We are all um, for a life that, that is easier, that, is, uh, that, that, that brings up less obstacles in front of us that are caused by ourselves, where we hurt people less, where we're in less fights, where, where, we, where we get to that desired future where God wants us to be. And, um, and so that is what wisdom can lead us to. And, and we can find wisdom through, through our life group leaders, the people who pour into your life each week. We can find wisdom through, through parents and, and people that are older than you. You can find wisdom through friends of yours that have experienced some things that um, maybe you haven't gone through yet. You can find wisdom through reading, but ultimately we know that the wisdom, the greatest source of wisdom is God. And he has given us his word, the Bible, the Bible to show us how to live. And if we follow after that, if you were to just follow the teachings of Jesus, not even, not, even, not even believe in Jesus. Just follow the teachings of Jesus. Your life would be better. It wouldn't be easier. It wouldn't be perfect, but it would be better because he has set up some guidelines for us that protect us, that make life more abundant and more freeing. And so we're gonna continue in this series um, and we're gonna talk about being wise with our time. And I've called this, this sermon, The Clock is Ticking. So let's pray together and then we'll get started. Jesus, we love you. I pray that in this time, I'll be wise with my time, and our students uh, will be wise with their time, and, and pay attention to what you're saying to us. Lord, speak to us, whether we are um, here for the first time, or we come every week, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't think we're above it, that we wouldn't think that we're above you, that we would know that you will speak to us right where we are, right where we are. I pray that you would speak to every boy, girl, man, woman in this room, no matter where we're from, no matter what language we speak. No matter what our history is, Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts, directly to our hearts, that we'll all get out of the way and just let you speak. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. Has anybody ever seen one of these things? What's it called? A what? A fidget cube. A fidget cube. This is a fidget cube. Um... Did you know 
that Americans, especially today, are uh, professional time wasters. You didn't know you were professional at something, but I want to tell you, you are a professional time waster. Congratulations. You may never go professional in anything else, but you are a professional time waster. And we are so good at wasting time in America that a company has come up with a device that has no purpose. And they are selling it to us for $18 or $25, depending on how you are at online shopping. Um, But it is an item that does nothing except for us to fidget with. And there's just things you click and you you press buttons and you rub and and it makes little like click noises. It's kind of like if you you click your pen all the time, this is kind of like a replacement for that. The reason why they've made this, the reason why they've made this item is because we as Americans and as people are just restless. We, we don't know what to do with ourselves so much of the time. And, and we just are so good at wasting time. There was a time, there was a time a long time ago where people did not have electricity. And so they had to save time because when the sun went down, their day was over. And when they wanted food, they had to grow the animal or grow the food and they had to pick the food or kill the animal and they had, to, they had to cut it up and they had to cook it and they had to do all these things just to survive. And over the past, especially 100 years, we have had so many um, movements forward technology-wise that we have more time than we've ever had before. And yet, we are busier than we've ever been before. We are more distracted than we've ever been before. We waste time like no other generation in the world. And why is that? Because we have time to waste. And we don't even know what to do with ourselves. So sometimes we just sit there. Every night before I go to bed, man, I'm just sitting there on my phone, and I'm like, and then I I get done with like 20 minutes of it, and I'm like, man, I just wasted 20 minutes. I could have slept, and I'm going to be tired in the morning because I was just spending time doing nothing. I'm a professional time waster. And and, and I know you guys are too. because that's just, that's just the, the culture that we live in right now. We are just so good at wasting time. We're so bored and we're so uh, busy all at the same time. And so we're just trying to find ways to take up our time. But in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul, in the same verse that we're looking at the whole series, talks about, talks about something, something that has to do with wisdom and time. Here's what he says in Ephesians 5. Verse 15, and again, we've read this verse already, but we're going to continue to look at it for the next few weeks. He says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, not as unwise, but as wise. And here's where we're going to really sit today, making the most of every opportunity. Everybody say every opportunity. He says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Here's what Paul's saying. If we want to really pursue wisdom with our lives, we've got to pursue wisdom when it comes to our time. Paul's saying, there's only one thing we can't get back. One thing. And that's time. It doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are, you only get 24 hours in a day. And you can't get any more than that. You can't get time back. Once time is gone, time is gone and it is just gone forever. And you can't relive it over again. You can't go back in time. You can't rewind. You can't reverse. And so you have to make the most of every opportunity. You have to be wise with your time. And when he says the days are evil, here's what he's saying. He's just saying, I mean, you don't, you don't have that many. He's not saying like every day is just evil. He's saying there's so much opportunity to waste that, that, that if you don't watch out, you'll just float through life and waste your life away. 
And then what are the days? Well, they're evil because they'll just keep going. The calendar will keep flipping and you do less and less and you, you keep missing opportunities. And, and, and all of a sudden you're going to find yourself at the end of your life and you're going to be like, man, I wasted so much time. I missed so many opportunities to glorify God. I missed so many opportunities to be wise. I did so many things that I should not have done and I messed up some things in my life. Here's what Paul's saying. The foolish people, remember a couple of weeks ago, Carrie talked about being simple, foolish, or a mocker instead of being wise. The foolish person has no strategy for their life. This is what they do. They just float through life like a bubble, just floating around. And when the wind blows, they kind of go this way. And when someone swats at it, they kind of go this way. And, And they just have no purpose. They have no intentionality. They're just, they just have no strategy. And because of this, they miss opportunities to be wise and to live for God. And furthermore, they actually do some things that are unwise, that mess their life up because they float into some things they, they weren't really intended to be in. Some of you have found yourselves in situations before where you're like, how did I even get here? Like, how did my life get to this point where I'm so messed up, where I'm so broken, where I'm so hurt, where I'm sobbing, and how did I get here? And it's because you had no strategy for your life. You, you wasted time, and you, you kind of just went where life pushed you, and, and you found yourself in a place you really didn't want to be. But Paul says the wise make the most of every opportunity. They make the most of every opportunity. They take advantage of life to do the things that matter. If we flip back a couple of thousand years, we get back to, um, or a couple hundred years at least, we get back to uh, the book of Psalm. And Psalm was written by a few different people, mostly King David. Um, But the Psalms are are a series of poems and songs that are written mostly to God, like prayers to God. And some of them are, are just full of, agony and anguish. Some of them are super happy. They're like, yes, God, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. But they give us a lot of wisdom as well. And here's what it says in Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. The writer says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days, God. God, teach me to know that my life is not infinite, that I don't have every day, that I need to be careful with the way I live, that I need to make the most of every opportunity so that I may gain a heart of wisdom. The writer here is saying the first step to being wise with our time and with our lives is to understand we don't have unlimited time. You're never gonna live this day again. You're never gonna live high school over again. You might spend like seven years in high school, but you're not gonna live it over again. You're not gonna live middle school over again. You're not gonna be able to go back in time when you get older and undo mistakes and take opportunities that you didn't take and reach out to people and love people and serve people and grow closer to God and and, and spend time enjoying life. You can't do that once you get past it. And so we have to number our days, understand that our days are short. And then if you go back even a little bit farther in Psalm, in Psalm 39, verses four and five, the writer says something very similar. He says this, show me, Lord, my life, my life's end, and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. So, Lord, Lord, I, my prayer is that I'll just understand, like, I'm not gonna live forever. I, I don't have all the time in the world. And in verse five, he says, you have made my days a mere handbreadth, like, no bigger than, than a hand. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but breath. You know, we don't get much cold weather here. So like at like 5 a.m. in the morning, sometimes in the middle of January, you'll go outside and and you'll breathe and there's this vapor that comes from your mouth. And then just like that, it's gone. A wisp of air. 
That's what the writer's saying. He's like, everyone, your entire life is just like that. Whoosh. Even those who seem secure, even those that seem like their whole day got everything together, even their lives are just but a breath. And so this leads us to the question, what is the wise way to invest my time? What is the wise way to invest my time? At first we looked at best question, which is, what is the wise thing to do? We looked at the alternatives to being wise, which is being simple, foolish, or being a mocker. And now we're going to look at how do we use our time? What is the wise way to invest our time? And if we invest our time wisely, we're going to find that we are seeking out wisdom, that we're pursuing wisdom, that we are growing more wise and avoiding opportunities that we don't want, or or avoiding situations we don't want to get in and, and taking advantage of opportunities that we want to take advantage of. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some, some, some facts, some principles. They're not necessarily scriptural. They're just true. I didn't make them up. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I read them in a book. But they are all very, very true when it comes to time. And again, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter how old you are. These things are true for you. I promise you. So I want you to sit up. I want you to lean in. I want you to stop paying attention to, your, to the kid next to you or to your phone. And I want you to really hear these things and write them down because I promise you, These will have a good effect on your life, no matter what you believe, because God gives us wisdom to better our lives. And he has a plan for us that we can find easier and smoother if we are wise and if we follow his commands. And I hope that what you'll find is that as you look at what God has given us, you'll realize, wow, oh my gosh, like it all makes sense. And God actually, he he must love me. Because if you realize that God is for you and that he has this plan for you and that wisdom is, is good for you, then eventually you might come to the place where you say, man, I want to know that God. I want to know the God that wants me to succeed in life. I want to know the God who doesn't want me to burn my hand. I want to know the God who wants good things for me and who loves me. And so here are some principles for you when it comes to time. Here's the first one. There is value. There is value to investing Small bits of time in activities over a long period. There is value. I'm going I'm to break this down for you. I know some of you are like, what? What does that even mean? There's so many words. I don't understand. There is value to investing small bits of time in activities over a long period. Here's my first example. Working out. You cannot become Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, he's not really that buff anymore. You can't become Ronnie Coleman by, um, by just working out really hard for 24 straight hours and then saying, okay, I'm strong now. I'm I'm Mr. Olympia. That doesn't doesn't work that way. How we become strong, how we become in better shape, how we become healthier when it comes to working out is by taking small bits of time over a long period of time, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 35 minutes a day, four, five, six times a week over the period of weeks and months and years. That's how you can become like Jackson Santora is you just have to get in the gym and you've just got to do crunches. And, and do it over and over again. And, and one day you will get to, to that point. But you have to invest small bits of time over a long period of time. If any of you play like a sport or play an instrument, you know this to be true. You can't just pick up an instrument and just play like some of the guys up here and girls up here. It doesn't work that way. You have to spend small amounts of time over a long period of time. And when you do that, you 
will gain value from that. You will get better at things, and you will, you will grow in ways that you wouldn't have otherwise because there's value to investing small bits of time in activities over a long period. There's value basically to practice. Number two, there are rarely immediate consequences to skipping one time. There are rarely immediate consequences to skipping one time. Let's go back to working out. If you don't work out one day, you're going to wake up the next day and look exactly the same. If you eat one bad meal, you might feel bad for a couple hours, but you're going to wake up the next day and look exactly the same. Not much is going to change because one time rarely messes you up. One time making an unwise decision, yeah, I mean, you're going to have some regrets, but generally it's not going to ruin your entire life. There are certain things, but, but generally it's not going to ruin your entire life. If you skip one quiet time, you're not going to all of a sudden not be a Christian. If you skip one quiet time, you're not going to forget everything that you ever learned about God and, and every way that you ever grew. You're not going to become out of shape by one bad meal or missing one workout. You're not going to get bad at your instrument or at the, the sport that you play because you skip one practice or you skip one workout or you skip one time training with a, with a training partner or a coach or something like that. It's not going to happen. You will probably be exactly the same afterward. Because there's rarely immediate consequences to skipping one time. But here is what happens because of this second, this second principle. We get comfortable, right? And we're like, well, if one time doesn't hurt, then, I mean, two times ain't going to be that big of a deal, right? And then three times, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious. And so I can, I can probably just let myself go for a little bit. One week, ah, no big deal. But that leads us to the third principle of time. Neglect has a cumulative effect For those of you who are having struggles with this word cumulative, it means that things add up, that things grow together. And so when you neglect something over and over and over and over, some of you have done this with like, with with working out or or with your your diet or something, and, and over a long period of time, months and months and months, all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, there's a cumulative effect to the way my body is right now. I'm not as strong as I was. I maybe not be as, be as thin as I was. I'm not lifting as much weight. If it comes to a sport, you're like, ah, I'm not, I, I just, I want to do what I did last season, but I haven't played uh, soccer in six months. And like, I'm coming out here to tryouts and like, I just can't do what my mind wants me to do. I can't kick the ball how I used to be able to. I don't have the touch I used to have. And I'm just, I just feel off. That's because neglect has a cumulative effect. When you neglect something over a long period of time, it adds up and it has a negative value in your life. And so that leads us to the next thing. These are all related. Number four, there is no cumulative value to distractions. There is no cumulative value to distractions. If you were to get to the end of a year, let's go back to working out. You got this example. You've been working out. You've been doing good. Everything's good. And you're, you're in the best shape of your life. You feel good. You got a lot of energy. You feel good about where you're at, how much you're lifting. And then you are to not work out for an entire year. At the end of that year, you could see and you could feel the neglect. And if someone were to say, well, why didn't you work out this past year? What would you say? What would you say? If they said, hey, what'd you do February Eighth of last year, you might say, oh, man, February, I don't know. I don't know what I did last week. How do I know what I did February 8th? Well, why didn't you work out on February 8th? I'm not really sure. Okay, okay, well, we'll go a little closer. How about August 15th? What, what'd you do August 15th? 
Did, did you work out? I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what did you do instead? I don't know. Okay, well, let's just get in the past two weeks. What did you do last Monday instead of working out? They might say, well, I started watching a show on Netflix, and it just kind of, time got away from me, and then I don't know. I just, I just missed out on a day. Okay, okay. Well, what would you do Tuesday? Tuesday. Um, I, I think one of my friends called me and, and wanted to hang out, and, and, and I was about to. I had my stuff ready to go to the gym, and, and I just kind of skipped out on that and went to their house. Okay. Well, what would you do Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. I let some homework get the best of me. I waited for a while. I had this project, and, and then I did the project. I wasn't able to go to the gym. Well, what'd you do Thursday? Oh, man. Thursday, this game came out. I started playing it with my friends, and we just played all night long, and it was just, it was awesome. Oh, but you didn't work out. I uh, no. What'd you do Friday? Well, Friday, man, I, I was at the end of a long week, and I was, I was tired of all the work and all that kind of stuff. I just didn't go to the gym because I didn't feel like it. So I went out to Chick-fil-A, hung out with my friends, and then I, I went to a football game, and, and, uh, and I just didn't have time. The week kind of got away from me. Here's what you would find from that past week or that past year of your life. There is no cumulative value to distractions. Distractions don't add up and amount to anything. If at the end of the year you played a bunch of, watched a bunch of Netflix or played a bunch of video games or just spent a lot of time on your phone or took a bunch of naps, at the end of the year, you won't have grown. Those, those won't have added up to anything substantial. But you may have ignored and neglected an area like your physical health, maybe a relationship with someone, maybe your relationship with Christ or your relationship with your life group, maybe a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a parent. Maybe you'll have neglected uh, your, your academics. Maybe you'll have neglected uh, a certain uh, aspect uh, of, your, of your coursework or, or, or studying or something like that. And at the end of the year, that has had a bad impact on you or on a relationship. But the things that you replaced it with didn't add up to anything. You didn't get better at that sport because you, you kept ignoring practice, but you replaced it with a bunch of stuff that didn't add up to much. So that leads us to the fifth thing. In the important parts of life, you can't make up for lost time. In the important areas of life, you cannot make up for lost time. In a relationship with some, so some of you have some kind of messed up, fractured relationships with your parents or with your siblings, and you know that this is true because maybe you've had a parent who kind of did some other things when you were growing up, paid too much attention to their job or to a hobby or to a relationship. And then they came back in middle school or in high school and said, hey, hey, man, I want to be close. Let's start going out. To and it's like you can't make up for the last 10 years. You can't, you can't make up for all those times you missed out by just showing up all of a sudden. You might have a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you kind of get to the point where you're kind of over it, and you kind of start ignoring them, and then you go back, you're like, please, please, please take me back. I'm so sorry for what I did. I'm so sorry for how I hurt you. I'll do everything. I'll give you flowers, and I'll take you on dates, and everything's going to be great, and you aren't, you can't imagine the Valentine's Day I'm going to give you. It's going to be incredible, and they're just going to be like, sorry, but no, because you, you missed your opportunity. You can't make up for lost time now, and the important areas of life You can't make up for lost time. Let's talk about our relationship with God because it has to do with that too. You can't just all of a sudden be very, um, very mature in your faith and great at prayer and all all these important areas of your life if you've ignored it year after year, day after day, 
You chose something else instead of quiet time. You chose something else instead of church. You chose something else instead of life groups. You chose something else instead of a mission trip or camp. You chose something else instead of, of time with an accountability partner, with your life group leader. And all of a sudden you find yourself and you're like, gosh, man, I feel so far from Christ. Well, you can't make up for lost time. You can't go back and fix it. Yeah, you can change your life going forward. But at that moment, you are where you are. And you have to make a change moving forward because in the important parts of life, you can't make up for lost time. And here's the last principle when it comes to time and how we use it. Important areas, and it brings us full circle, important areas of life require small deposits of time along the way. Important areas of life require small deposits of time along the way. When it comes to your relationships with family and friends, You have to spend time with them along the way, day after day. When it comes to your health, when it comes to sharing Jesus with somebody, you have to make small deposits along the way. Some of you have gotten all pumped up after an Epworth, and you're like, I'm going to share Jesus with them. This is going to be amazing. And you get there, and you're like, why didn't they say yes? Why didn't they come to Christ the very first time I asked them? Because it requires small deposits of time along the way. It requires serving them and loving them and not asking for anything in return. And repeated questions and repeated prayers and repeated times where you pour into that person's life. And eventually, you can share Jesus with them, but it might not happen right away because important areas of life require small deposits of time along the way. The band's going to go ahead and come back up. And I want to go back to Ephesians 5, 16 real quick. Ephesians 5, 16. I want to read it again. Be very, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to skip forward to 16. Making the most of every opportunity. We are to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That that word, sometimes I tell you what what the original language, the way the original writer wrote it, that word for making the most literally means to redeem. Many of you have taken like a, a coupon before or a ticket and you redeem it. That means you get the value for it, that, that, that it might be worth something, and you turn it in, and that is redeeming that coupon or redeeming that ticket. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, I want you to redeem every opportunity. I want you to redeem every day. I want you to spend your time wisely. It's like, it's like a money term. He, he's basically saying you have... You have these hours. You have these hours each day, and you can't get them back. And you have the choice to either redeem them and make the most of them and and glorify God through them and and use them for God's glory and use them for, for wise things and not messing up and not hurting yourself and other people, or you can just waste them. You can spend that Friday night doing something you shouldn't have done, making an unwise choice, or you can do something wise with it. He's saying, I want you to redeem your time. You have 24 hours. 24 hours in a day. 24 hours in a day. And God's calling us through Paul, through the writings of Paul, to redeem that time. You can redeem that time. Let's let's say that, let's say that uh, we spend about seven eight hours a night sleeping. You got 15 hours left. You got 15 hours left. 
Okay? Well, what are you going to do with that each day? How are you going to spend and redeem your hours each day? Are you going to spend them on nothing? Or are you going to spend them wisely? See, Jesus made the most of his time. If we're going to look at Jesus as an example, we've got to look at how he lived his life. He was always doing something. Do you, do you see this just in the Gospels, how much time in three years, how, how many people he met, how many people's lives he changed, how many people he healed, how many people he invested into, how many people he fed, how many people he taught, how many parties he went to, how many dinners he went to, how many weddings he went to. Man, Jesus lived a full, amazing, abundant life in this short amount of time. But Jesus wasn't rushed. We don't ever see him walking around and saying, nope, don't have time for you. I'm going to stiff arm you, give you a little high three, one of these. I'm just going to walk away from you. Don't really have time for you. A lady touched the back of his cloak and he wasn't like, hey, go away from me. I don't want to talk to you. He, he heals the woman. He's walking on, on the way to something and there's these two blind men and he says, hey, I'm going to heal you. And the other people are like, no, don't, don't mess with them. And he's like, no, 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 they matter. I'm not in a rush. Man, he would get done with, with miracles and he would say, man, I got to go spend time with my heavenly father. I can't, I can't. I can't just go, go, go. I need to spend time with God because he will reinvigorate me. He was never rushed. We do less than Jesus and we're more rushed and we waste more time. So how are you going to use your time? Maybe seven hours on school. Spend seven hours at school and... um, by no means can you not, not use that time wisely because you're at school, you're around people, you can share Jesus, you can serve people, you can work to the best of your abilities, you can glorify God in your schoolwork and your studies and the way you treat teachers and coaches and all that. We talked about that in, in December, but, but those are seven hours and now you've got about 10 left. And let's say some of you, you work about 15, 20 hours a week, so we'll say two, three hours a day, okay, on average. Now you've got a limited amount of time left each day. Seven, seven hours. How are you going to use this? How are you going to be wise with this? You're going to just waste your time and the things that God has given you on just watching Netflix over and over. And this isn't to say, I mean, I just watched Netflix today on the before I came to church. It's not making it evil. I, I'm just making a point. Are you just going to spend all your time on things that don't add up to much? To things that just waste away and have no cumulative value? Are you going to continue to ignore your parents? Are you going to continue to ignore your siblings? Are you going to continue to treat that person not the way you should treat them? Or are you going to make the most of every opportunity? Are you going to continue to wake up every morning and say, snooze or phone before Jesus? Are you going to continue to do that? I mean, I I did that like two times, three times this past week where I got up and I looked at my phone, but I didn't look at my Bible. And I wasted time. I missed an opportunity and I can't get that day back. And I can't get that opportunity back. What are you gonna do to redeem your time? Because at the end of your life, you're not gonna hope that you watch more Netflix. You're not gonna hope that you played more video games. You're not gonna hope that you made more money. Although some of you can't just get your eyes off this. You're like, as soon as I'm going up to the altar, right at the end, and I'm grabbing that money. I I can't wait. You you can't, you can't, you're not going to want more money. You're not going to wish you were more selfish. You're not going to wish you did more for yourself. You're going to wish that you glorified God with your time. You're going to wish that you spent more time with the people that matter. You're going to wish that you spent more time on the things of life that matter, on things that would add up to something that had value. And so we ask the question, what is the wise way 
to invest your time. What is the wise way to invest your time? Under each of your seats, under each of your seats, you have a card. I want you to reach down and grab it. You don't need to talk to do that. You got a card. If you flip it over on the back, it's got the times of a day. It's got 24 slots for the 24 hours you have each day. Grab that, grab a pen. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to respond. We're just going to spend a few moments. And what I want you to do is I, I don't want you to think about the future. I don't want you to think about last week. I want you to think about tomorrow. What is your schedule tomorrow? Starting at midnight tonight, what is your schedule until midnight Monday night? How are you going to use your time? And I want you to see what God has given you. He's given you Monday, February 13th, 2017, and you cannot get that day back. And you can either live it wisely, make wise decisions, glorify God with what you do, or you can just kind of do what you want. So what we're going to do is the band's just going to play a little bit. We're going to be silent. We're not going to sing a song, and we're just going to fill out those cards. And I want you to take those cards home with you tonight, and I want you to even carry them with you throughout the day tomorrow. And if, if, if the day ends up a little different than you what you thought it would be, I want you to write those down, and I want you to look at your day tomorrow night and say, did I waste my time or did I spend it wisely? Where could I have spent more time with God or more time honoring God or where could I have made a different decision or where could I have, have, have made a choice that would have glorified God or where could I have loved someone or served someone? Where could I have done something that would be more valuable to me in the end with my sport or my hobby or, or my, my, my instrument or my studies or, or my job? How could I have done better with that day? Because if we do that each day, we will be on the way to wisdom. Let me pray for you. And then we are going to... Uh, We're going to fill out those cards and just have the band play a little bit. Jesus, I pray that we'd be wise with our time. I pray from a young age that we will not value ourselves over you, that we will not waste our opportunities. Lord, I pray each of these students, each of these adults, myself, that we would not waste time. We don't have time to waste. We need to spend time honoring you. We need to spend time growing closer to you. We, can, we need to spend time using the gifts you've given us in sports and, and music. We need to spend time uh, on the things that matter with our, with our family, with our friends, with our boyfriends, with our girlfriends, loving, serving. Lord, help us not waste away our time. Lord, we need you to do that. Lord, be with us tomorrow. Help us focus on using each and every moment to glorify you, to honor you, to be wise with our time. I pray that we would ask ourselves the question for the rest of the week, for every day, for the rest of our lives. What is the wise way to invest my time?